0: There is a brand new Puss in Boots movie in cinemas right now. Yes, that's right. Puss in Boots from the Shrek franchise. They've made another movie 11 years after the original was released in 2011. For some reason, I thought there were multiple Puss in Boots movies, but there weren't. Really? There was only the one. Really? He just appeared in Shrek 2, 3, and 4, and there was an animated short film... Called Puss in Boots The Three Diablos, which was on the DVD of the first Puss in Boots movie. But this is only the second Puss in Boots movie. Wow. It's weird. There were so many Shrek spin offs, which were uh, mediocre, that I kept thinking they made a whole bunch of Puss in Boots movies as well. Oh, no. Here's why.
1: There's a TV series spinoff, but it ran for six seasons, dude.
0: It was one of those TV shows back in the day that felt like a cash grab. Just like the Boss Baby TV show that shows on Netflix. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I think that's, for me, why I kept thinking there were more Puss in Boots movies because I keep seeing it on Netflix. You know, I'm not reading the title of an image of a Puss in Boots thing, so I assumed it was the movies, but no. This is only the second feature-length film of Puss in Boots. And can I say... It's a really good movie.
0: Both the first one and this one were really good films. I thought the first one was a lot of fun as well. And it was a breath of fresh air after the kind of sequel fatigue from the Shrek movies, because the Shrek movies kind of leaned into the same joke over and over again, and after a while, it felt like Mike Myers' shtick was getting old. It felt almost like an Adam Sandler movie, right? Meanwhile, I think the Antonio Banderas charm really travels well, and it kind of transcends the character. Like, even with this movie, even before anything happens, as soon as you hear Antonio Banderas' voice, you're in. He's just so good.
1: I don't think I've seen the original Puss in Boots. So I'm just going to put that out there. I don't think I've seen the Puss in Boots from 11 bloody years ago. It's on Netflix, friend. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. The point I'm trying to make is that even if you haven't seen the original Puss in Boots, this one is completely fine to go into, right? There's a Summer Hayek thing from the previous from the previous film, I assume, because she's also in the previous movie. It's irrelevant. They explain it here. It's okay. This movie was a lot of fun. There was a lot of laughs to be had in the cinema.
0: In fact, I think this movie does the whole fairy tale trope homage thing better than the Shrek movies. The Shrek movies were a little more wink-wink, nudge-nudge in your face about it. This movie is, I wouldn't say subtle, but it has a lot of fun with it. And I think I really enjoyed it. Because you've got Goldilocks and the Three Bears and their crime family. You've got Jack Horner... The kid who likes to stick his thumb in pies as the bad guy. You've got the big bad wolf who plays a character in this as well. A very important character in this. And of course, the return, like you said, of Salma Hayek and Kitty Paws. The original movie, mind you, back in 2011, was the 11th highest grossing movie of the year. It made over Wait, $500 million. Dollars. So What? I'm amazed that it took this long for them to put out a sequel. Because normally when an animated movie makes half a billion dollars, you know there are going to be spin-offs and sequels. That said, though, the six seasons of the animated series that was on Netflix probably went a long way into keeping this character in the minds of young children. Because I'm sure parents were putting that on for young kids, and so Puss in Boots was at the forefront of their consciousness. So. I think this movie will do well among the young kids as well because it's a character that is known. They recognize and they know, yeah. Like for us, for grown-ups, there's already that nostalgia because when Antonio Banderas first played the character in Shrek and showed us his cute little eyes, it was a moment. It was a cultural moment. If there were memes back then, it would be a meme. But there weren't memes back then.
1: I'm aghast.
0: And agog
1: at how much I enjoyed this film. Only because I thought the trailer ran very young. I thought the trailer made it seem like a very simple and kind of like dull movie. I got the impression from the from the trailer that this was going to be a, a Puss in Boots journey thing where he fights all these different characters on like a boss level
0: kind of situation right
1: but no it's it's a lot more nuanced than that it's a lot more layered
0: than that i thought the trailer gave away too much but it doesn't it only gives away the first 10 minutes of the film yeah because the trailer tells you nothing about the story in the movie and the story is quite interesting so it really leans into the fairy tale element of it as opposed to subverting the fairy tale like shrek does so this one is all about a star that falls from the sky and all of these fairy tale characters are racing to find the star so that they can make one last wish on it. When you wish upon a star, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Even that idea of wishing on a star is really heavy. It's not just a, "I want to be rich, I want to be the king of fairy fairyland, you know. It's not even as simple as that. This is like some real sort of emotional depth shit going on right and there were moments where i just like my heart sank for characters because there was a real not just stakes but real emotional weight to what was going on on screen yeah we see and we've seen from the trailer that puss is <laughs> is essentially on his last life and And you're right, I'm disappointed that that joke, as much as I loved it in the trailers, was played essentially in its entirety in the film. And I was like, "Mm, that that was a great joke that I thought would have been a great laugh in the cinema had there been more to it. As much as that was a big heavy moment for Puss himself, what happens to the other characters in their own journey to get to this star and get their final wish is also very heavy. There isn't a lot of frivolity in this.
0: But that said, it is also incredibly funny. It is a lot of funny. I think it balances the frivolity and the jokes, and there are a lot of jokes, with the kind of pathos that they're trying to convey with this story. Because at the core of it, this is the story of someone who's led a legendary heroic life on his last legs. In his eyes. Well, you say in his eyes But what I like about this character is He does kick ass He's not the kind of heroic character Who thinks he's a hero But actually no one else sees it except him No, no, no He saves fucking villages from monsters He like jumps (laughs) through the air And swashbuckles shit And so he is genuinely a legend But he's a little cocky about it Because he writes songs about himself too The cockiness comes from the idea That I've got nine lives, right? Screw it! i got nine
1: lives What is this? Four, you know, it's, yeah,
0: and so I think the pathos of that, which runs through the entire film, is done really well because it isn't just, it isn't just a kind of throwaway character moment. Mm. Everyone who comes into contact with Puss, whether it's Salma Hayek's Kitty Softballs, or Harvey Gulan's Perito or even the bears and Goldilocks, they all have to confront this idea of Puss. On his last legs, which I thought was very, very cool.
1: For me, the biggest thing was Puss having to confront it himself, right? It's not just a will I fade off quietly into the night kind of situation. It's not a I'm going to fight till the bitter end in my last life. It's not any of that. It's it's a very <laughs> it's a very human way of facing your mortality. Literally, right? There are moments throughout this film when he has to face death and the siren song of death is
0: chilling. It is chilling. You hear a whistle and you're like, oh God.
1: As I'm talking about right now, the hairs on my, on my hands are standing and it's, and it's the way Puss feels every time he hears it. It's the way Puss feels every time he sees the specter of death. It's a beautiful and very adult Way of telling that story, they don't play it for the
0: kids. Yeah, they don't dumb it down for the kids either. And yet, I think, much like Pinocchio, which we reviewed earlier this week, it is something with that tinge of darkness that I think children will appreciate. It Mm. doesn't shy away from that and it forces them to confront certain ideas. And I think this one does it really, really well with all of the jokes and the humor. And I need to talk about the animation because I love the animation. We saw hints of this style in The Bad Guys, which came out earlier this year. But it's this blend between 3D CGI, what looks like stylized, hand-drawn, almost flat 2D animation. And they use it interchangeably during the battle sequences and the fast-paced sequences. They kind of slow down the frame rate. It looks a little comic book at times. It's a very cool an interesting look. And what I appreciate about it is it feels like everyone now is trying something different. For the longest time, people just saw what Pixar did and copied it. And now you have Paramount with the bad guys and this trying something different. You've got Sony going in a different direction with Spider-Verse and the Mitchells versus the machines. And then you've got Pixar who are doing their own thing and doing the Pixar thing, right? And so it's really nice that as kids or as audience members watching these movies we actually get to experience different forms of art for the yeah. longest time it felt like 3d cgi animation was just a medium by which to tell the story and sometimes the artistic side of it gets forgotten or people don't even talk about it but when you watch this movie you will have something to look at talk about that is different and feels fresh
1: i love it i thought it was really, really cool this really feels like a like a growth from the Spider-Verse stuff, you know? Remember when we first saw that Spider-Man, Spider-Verse film, that really blew our minds, the way they played with the frame rates between different characters on the same screen, when they would cut to the comic book print dots and 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 all that sort of real stylized decisions. This feels less showy. It doesn't feel like a, hey, look at the cool stuff we're doing for screen. It, just is and in that sense it feels a lot more natural than say something like mitchell's and the machines i think that one felt a little too showy but this feels completely natural at times some of the background stuff even in the trailer we see him we see puss fighting the big sort of monster thing and that almost feels a little stop motiony a little and i love the way they've treated the characters and this The way they told the story is beautiful.
0: It does feel a little stop-motion-y and I love that bit because we see some of it in the trailer where it's an extended sequence in the film and it's so cool. Like, it's fast-paced. It's adrenaline-fueled. There is so much happening in that sequence and it starts the movie that way and you're just pumped by the time, you know, the bell falls on him, right? Which you see in the trailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really enjoyed this film. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I honestly thought... Oh look, it's another Puss in Boots movie Because I already thought there were like 10 of them Yeah. But when I saw the trailer At first I was excited Because I saw hints of this new animation style And I was like, oh shit, the animation looks really good But I was hoping it wasn't going to be another cash grab Like, I know the Minions movie Made a ton of money But that for me was disappointing Because it just felt, yet again Like they're doing the same joke over and over Yeah. And I think with this Puss in Boots movie, it felt fresh.
1: And you know what? It's not even the Minions. I mean, the the one with Crypto the dog and the Super Pets thing. That was horrible. Uh, that was bad. I mean, look. That was so boring. Look, 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 if your kids like it, that's fine. And I think that's okay. What we're trying to say is that Puss in Boots is a movie that both you and your kids will enjoy. It's this idea that this is... Not to be a dick, but this is cinema, right? They've they've treated it seriously as opposed to just, hey, let's put Kevin Hart as a pit bull
0: and be and he can be the dog Batman. You know? And that's the sign of a great children's movie, right? Because it lasts throughout the growth of your kid. You can watch The Lion King when you're seven and love it, and you can watch it when you're 47 and still love it because the messaging is still important. And the animation's great And the dialogue is wonderful And the script is great And the music's great And all of that stuff still works And I think with something like Puss in Boots As a parent Taking your kids to the cinema And you should Take your kids to watch this movie in the cinema Because it is incredibly cinematic But as a parent You're not going to be sitting there going What have I done with my life? If anything It gives you an excuse to watch this movie unironically Exactly <laughs> That should be on the poster <laughs> by hey, Puss in Boots. A movie that adults can watch unironically. We will reach out to Paramount and give them our pull. Card. Cool. Yeah, you
1: do that. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think you're right. Uh, there was a real hesitancy from on my part to go and watch this movie. Because I'll be honest, I wasn't impressed with the later Shrek movies. I liked the first two. But then after that, it just felt like this again you know what i mean like they never really did anything different with the whole fairy tale stuff with the whole
0: cast of characters that they had essentially built their world around and have access to because the first movie felt clever but the second movie felt like it was going for punchlines the second yes. third and fourth movie felt like they were just using it as yeah, punchlines yeah yeah meanwhile the first movie felt like a subversion against disney this feels like a subversion
1: towards or rather, against the second, third, and fourth Shrek films, right? The way they've pulled in all these fairy tale characters in really interesting ways. And again, they're not your they're not your big guys. It's not the fairy godmother here. There's no Prince Charming here. <laughs> I was not expecting to see a certain cricket again in about two weeks, but okay. But the way they've been able to pull those characters together and given them weight and and reason for being you know it's it's really really funny the only thing i wasn't able to catch because i just was too lost in everything
0: were there 13 people in the baker's
1: does it i think there were yeah
0: i think there were because I, I i kept losing count
1: yeah that's the thing i kept thinking i should have counted but then people started falling off so i wasn't sure if the the count should still remain at 13 or were they just diminishing but at any rate There's a beautiful Baker's Dozen joke in there, you know. Um, That's a great Mary Poppins bag joke. Even when villains are being stabbed with unicorn horns, the way they die and explode is the most child-friendly way, but also kinda gruesome. It's, oh man, there's so much to love in this film.
0: Check out Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, Take your children to see it. They will have a blast, and so will you. Let us know what you think once you've seen it. You can reach out on all of our social media feeds, GogglerMY. You can also email us on podcast.goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Goggler Podcast.